And welcome back to the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. Late night, Sunday night. Things have just wrapped up at the Sony Open in Hawaii. Congratulations to Matt Kuchar. Ninth career win. Second victory of the young season. We will get into that and many of the more uh, takeaways from Kyle Porter as we bring him on. Kyle, how are we doing? Sunday I'm night. I'm good. I didn't. Here's Here was my biggest takeaway from the Sony Open. We can just end the podcast after this. So that'll be it. I did not see the Sony Open uh, starting with Ed Reed and ending with a quote from Jay-Z. Oh, that and is- he misquoted him. <laughs> Listen, no, Matt Kuchar tried to drop uh, a lyric from Jay-Z's uh, just sort of like Kingdom Come. <laughs> it was released in 2006, and it is, in my own humble opinion, like the bottom no, no. I guess I guess the Jay Z R Kelly is now the bottom, especially now as we're re- revisiting R Kelly. But like, I would even put Volume Three, Life in the Times of S. Dot Carter, ahead of uh, Kingdom Come. But he's got a song on there called Thirty is the New Twenty. And, and so and Matt Kuchar said forty. Yes. Not good. No, but very Matt Kuchar to try and pull out a Jay Z lyric and mess he it was- up. Yeah, it's it's honestly the most on-brand thing ever right. for Max Hoocher to misquote Jay-Z and, like, slap Todd Lewis on the back as he's doing it. And, like, it it, it was, like, the – the it was, like, the apex of, of dad jokes on television, on, like, in recorded television history. Right, and, and he, he said – I. Yeah. And Kutcher even said, I hope that's the lyric because he almost <laughs> like he knew in his mind that it uh, he, he might have misstepped on that one. Um, yeah, it was hey, – uh, I, I, t- I looked over at my wife as it happened. I said, hey, 3,000 might be the, the new 130,000. There you go. Yeah. Wait, what does that mean? It's the – Oh, I, I didn't know if you wanted to get into it. The, the tipping. Oh, 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 the, the tipping story. Yes, I do. Oh, yes. All right. So will you at least take us through the the facts of this? Because I I feel like I'm, I'm a little bit more interested. I don't want to mess those up. And I'm a little bit more interested in uh, sort of the way it played out and the reaction. Yeah. So uh, apparently, and this is a little... I, I don't know. I, I was off a little bit this weekend. And so I, I caught snippets of it. But apparently a, a player uh went on Twitter and kind of joked that he hopes he hoped that if Kucher won the Sony Open he would give his caddy John Wood uh a better uh payout than he gave his caddy when he won in Mayakoba back in the fall. Well, John Wood was off that week. He wasn't working, so Kucher picked up a local caddy at that event and apparently according to I think the player's name is Tom Tom Gillis uh, on Twitter. He said he only gave him three thousand dollars after winning one point three million at at the Mayakoba event. Right. And so other people kind of chimed in, and it, it just I don't know. I I don't. I've got a, several takes from several angles on this, and I know you do as well. I don't love uh, players doing stuff like that. Not necessarily because I'm. I, I don't know. It just it just felt weird, and I don't love players being reporters. It would be like if I went out and tried to play golf, and I, I don't know. Just the whole thing just feels weird, and it's a it's a it's a strange deal. It's a it's a it's not a great look if it's true. I mean, it's a terrible look if it's true. But I just I don't know. I want I want more of the story, you know. And and Kucher was given an, an opportunity to respond. 
uh, to the to the tweet to the information, and his quote wasn't a great look either. He said, "I didn't give him ten percent, which is standard for like your normal caddy, which I don't think anybody would have expected for him to give him a whole ten percent." He goes, "But I also didn't give him three thousand dollars," and that was the whole quote. And it's like, well. I don't know what to do with that, man, because you're not giving me a lot to work with. So well, I don't know. What, what was what was your take? I, I, f- I felt like we were operating from a point because it to based on what limited worldview I have of the uh, the golf fandom is it, it kind of felt like Kucher was getting roasted, right? Especially oh, as yeah. it stands in opposite of the like nice guy mentality and all these other things. Like there was there was some big time like pitchforks like let's let's get out here and let's let's skewer Kucher let's drag him out here and then it then it starts to to branch into this next part which I hinted at a little bit before we started recording which is that I I don't think that as much of the golf fan uh, I don't think as many golf fans have had the experience of tipping a looper or a caddy themselves. And I think that when you start to jump into some of the like specifics, and, and granted, there's another level. Like we're talking about a professional, and that's where you you throw out the ten percent industry standard. A professional and the money that they win in a caddy, but still, even in general, I just think that there is like to me, like, I have never, I've I've played uh, like rounds at Pinehurst. I've played rounds up in the mountains of North Carolina. Like I've played some very nice courses, but I've I play as, as much golf as I can. I've never played with the caddy. I just don't have that experience. And so it just felt yeah. so unrelatable that it touched into that exclusivity that sometimes can be a little bit of a hindrance because, you know, whether whether he got paid enough or it isn't, it's, we're still like, I just, I see a $3,000 tip and I'm like, wow, that's a lot of money, especially if you were just a local kid who just got picked up. And, and I just, I don't defend Kucher, but I just don't have enough of a, I don't have enough of a connection to the act of paying someone to to carry your bags and give you help around the course. And so because of that, it just all felt very far away from me. And it felt like one of those situations that I experienced a lot covering college sports, which is uh, a bunch of adult, a bunch of adults uh, wondering why in the world those 19 year olds don't have their head together. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it, it it is such an easy story to like jump on either side of. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that people, when they see stuff like this, it's so easy to just be like so just angry and like... And grill the millionaire. Yeah. And, and, and like, I, again, I, I'm not... I, I, it's hard. I, I say I'm not defending Kucher. I don't even know what there is to defend. I don't. I don't know what happened, and I don't think anybody really does. And so, sure, you get. On, I got on Twitter and made a joke about it, and I think everybody's doing that. And that's unfortunate for Kucher if it's not true. But he, here's here's the thing that I was thinking about, Chip. I don't. I don't feel like stuff like this gets made up. Now. Are the exact numbers right? I have no idea. But I, it, this isn't something that people the, I, 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 people don't just sit around. Other golfers don't just sit around and say, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make up a story about Matt Kuchar and tipping today. Like that, it just, it just doesn't happen. Like there's, there's no feasible reason that would ever happen. And so to me, there is some, there's some thread in there that is going to get pulled out that, that, that somebody's going to pull out and and it's going to be the reality. 
I just don't know what it is. And so I'm hesitant to go all in on some sort of take. But do we, I mean, the, but I, I'm, that's why I would wonder aloud, you know, and in, in as, as we're using minutes of, of this podcast for it, but that's why I wonder aloud about how much it matters. So he's, mean how, so like how he's, so he's cheap. Is? Yeah. So what? Charles, well, Bar- Charles Barkley threw a journalist through a window. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I, it's just, if, if he was cheap and if he stiffed him, then we will make our judgments on Matt Kuchar. And obviously he has gone on with his life and he is playing great golf and he, he looks like he set himself up to be right in the mix of, of any, you know, major event with two wins already in the young season. But you know, what, what are you going to do? You're going to heckle him on the course. Now you're going to not yell cooch. You're going to not get excited if all of a sudden he starts to buck his head a little bit at uh, at the open in July. Like I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't think that this one would be the my breaking point with Matt Kuchar. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I think when when you, the, the, I think the hard thing about this is when you are someone who is. Um, has sponsorships and people, I mean, so, so much of the reason that we root for people in sports is because of image, who we believe them to be, who we think they are. And while all of that can be such a fallacy and such silliness, I do think it's, if you're, if you're, if you're purporting to be one person over here and you're getting sponsorships and all these things because of it, uh, but you're actually not that person, then I do feel like there's a little bit of a, I don't know. I feel like there isn't there. I feel like there's an issue there. Like, I, I feel like there is a problem there. Now, again, I, I, I hate going too deep into this because it, all of it remains semi hypothetical because we don't totally know what happened. Um, but I, I don't think that who I, you are. Do you think that think Matt Kuchar advertises himself as good guy? Or do you think Matt Kuchar advertises himself as, one of the 15 to 20 most relevant American golfers on the PGA tour, because if, I think, that, I, I think I he think, can say results speak for themselves. I don't think he has to sell himself as a nice guy. I think we do more of that than he does. That's fair. But I also think that you get into this thing as a professional athlete where you kind of know what your brand is. Like, I think he knows that his brand is saying oh, golly shucks, shucks yeah. off the tee when he hits a bad shot. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe maybe he's just oblivious to all that. I doubt it. Those guys are smart. Um, they know what's going on. So I I don't know. I mean I mean it's just it it's it's not good if it happened. And if it didn't, then it or if some other form of it happened, then it's another lesson in like, hey, let's maybe not take everything on Twitter and uh, blow it up into the truth or exactly what happened right off the top. Let's, let's figure some stuff out. And, and, you know, I, I've been thinking about this and, and reading about that. Do you ever read or listen to uh, Ezra Klein? I read him. Yes. So he's talked a lot about like the friction of, um, publishing recently, like how Twitter is frictionless. Like you can just, <laughs> you can just fire stuff off. Like right. there's no friction there. There's no, there's no, uh, system there to like vet information or anything. And, and I feel like that is, it's fun. It's great. Twitter's great for a, a myriad things. It's probably the reason that I have my job and that a lot of people have their jobs, but it does get a little, I, I just wish people wouldn't. And again, I'm saying this to someone who made a joke about this last night, but I wish people wouldn't like just 
take everything as 100% solid right off the top because I feel like there's real uh, long-term damage to people's reputations and, and things like that if, if, you, if you're doing that. Okay, so let's assume that it's true or that it's at least close to true. Take me, someone who is not uh, as close to the, the player and the team and the, the makeup around the group that surrounds a PGA Tour player or a professional golfer right now. Is it... Uh, would it be some kind of cardinal sin what he has done here? Like, has has he stepped past all the unwritten rules of baseball and broken them all with uh, by shorting a local caddy that he has picked up and is not contractually obligated to otherwise? I mean, it's pretty bad. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, because I think that there's this. And I don't know. I've never, I've never played professional golf. I, I don't play very well as a as a amateur. I play ten times a year, twenty times a year, whatever. But I, I do feel like there's a there's a sense that when you're when you're playing, like it, it's just a. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but there there's this underlying, like you said, unwritten rule that like, hey, this guy carried your bag. He helped you out. And I've played with caddies before, and if you play well, you tip them better. That's just sort of that. I think that's the unwritten rule. And so it's almost like three grand would have been like if you finished T 55 or something. And it's like, no, you, you won the tournament. Like just give the guy not 0.3% of your, of your earnings. I, 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 I do feel like there, it's almost like the, the, and I, I don't get, super caught up in like the playing with integrity it's the only game that it's like okay well guys cheat all the time so let's not let's not like freak out about that but i do feel like it's one of these unwritten rules of golf that people um just have followed over the years and and that is is considered a uh you know is considered an important thing and a big deal in, in a lot of circles all right we will get into uh, the actual golf coming up right after this <laughs> Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, so uh, for all that, Matt Kuchar did play one heck of a week of golf. And yeah. and is, I mean, what, number one in the way too early FedEx Cup at this point up with, there with Xander Shoffley. No, I mean, he's got the two wins on the season. That's going to help him. But he's a uh, game. He, he's very, very confident. Game seems to be in good place. He had that comment. So I guess you also saw the, the post-round thing. He... He said he he is not in any of his nine career wins. He hasn't carried a cushion uh, like that up the 18th. So it seems like he really got to enjoy it. While while the internet might have been roasting him for his tipping skills, uh, <laughs> Matt Kuchar seemed to be having himself a ball in Hawaii this week. Yeah, he played great. I, I thought it was it was almost his win was almost tiger like. And what I mean by that is th- there's certain and we've talked about this a lot, Chip, but there's certain rhythms to the way that guys win. So he goes out 63, 63, and then he shoots 66, 66 on the weekend. And it's a very, it's a very low stress way to win because on Thursday and Friday at these, at these events, I think something that people who, 
if you don't go to a lot of them, you don't realize how even at majors, it's pretty laid back on Thursday and Friday. Yes, yes. I mean, it's just not, there's not the tension of a Saturday, Sunday. And so when you get that tension, you don't want to be up one, you want to be up three or four. And for most of the event, other than the back nine on, or excuse me, other than the front nine on Sunday, he had a, he had a sizable lead. It was just, it was very, he was very much in cruise control and, and yeah, he needed to make a few birdies late. The 30 on the back nine was impressive. He didn't need to shoot 30 on the back nine, but I think it became easy to do so once he, uh, regained that, that bigger lead by making birdie at 15 and 16. Andrew Putnam holds the lead for a little bit. Um, you know, the, you look up and down the rest of those final groups. We had like superstars, of, of Matt Kuchar's equal or, or, you know, even more in terms of star power, Bryson DeChambeau up there. But, uh, but also just, just a lot of, uh, regular old Kyle Porters and Chip Patterson's out there. <laughs> I know I was watching with, with, uh, again, watching with my wife and she was like, who's I don't that? Even know, who are these guys? <laughs> I don't even know. Them. Oh yeah. Leishman was up there too. Um, but you know, Sh- Corey, yeah, Corey Connors, uh, was up there. Uh, Hudson Swafford, Andrew Putnam, just, a, just, just, what do any, any, were you surprised at all? Because this was a group with a lot of, uh, star power in terms of the field coming in. Uh, we, you know, Jordan Spieth misses the cut. Were you surprised at all that at the way that we saw some of the, uh, stars sort of fall back and then all of a sudden, uh, these other these other star, not stars, but these other golfers sort of emerged to the top of the leaderboard as the tournament went on late. Yeah, I was surprised that one of the what five or six like big dogs in the event wasn't uh, wasn't up there. That we didn't get a JT, we didn't get a Bryson or a well, maybe I wasn't surprised about speed, but we didn't get a Bubba. I mean, we didn't get anybody like that. It, it was, and and you know, this is not an event that produces. I I would say elite elite winners. It produces some solid winners, but you know, we got JT a couple years ago. Uh, but it it doesn't normally produce like huge names as winners. So I, I wasn't stunned, but I was surprised that that none of those guys were really uh, were really around the lead at all. What about um, for Spieth in particular? I I heard a lot of disconcerting things this week. Really? A lot of disconcerting things from him, not from other people. I mean, it, I, I don't know how much of his quotes you were able to see, but I read his press conference transcript. I read both days of transcripts after he played. And there is there was a lot of quotes that it, that that uh, I got done reading and just, just eyebrows raised. Like, what? Like, is this... I had to like double check the name. Is this Jordan Spieth? Because no confidence. I mean, like he's is he lost? Uh, it feels like he's lost. Okay. So here, here was one after uh, he missed the cut. So he shot seventy three on Thursday, sixty six on Friday. He said, "For not playing well at all and being on the bad end of the draw to miss the w- cut by one is reassuring." Okay. I also love the way we fought back there at the end. That was fun. I felt like I was trying to win a golf tournament just to make the cut, which is not really something I want to get used to. But early in the season, when I started the day 17 shots back, it was something where I could actually feel some pressure and make adjustments to. It it it's it sounds like somebody like coming back from injury. Yeah, and they're and they're trying to like get back in into the into the rhythm. And I I don't know I I. Uh, 
I asked our editors to change my prediction of Jordan Spieth winning three times in 2019. Just go back and change the internet, change change the post. Well, I uh, don't don't actually get caught doing that because uh, they'll they'll go back in the old internet archives and they'll reveal it. <laughs> have no, I ever, I, have I ever told you the time about uh, like when writers have gotten exposed for changing old articles? It's not good. It's happened at CBS. Really? Yeah. What can you reveal what it was? No, not on the podcast or the person, okay. but that it was it was one of those situations where someone uh, was really excited about and I, I, the way that I understand it, it was not done with like necessarily evil or malevolent intentions, but it was just that like, oh, you're right. The Internet can't always be edited. Oh, like <laughs> like I, you know, this this paragraph might sound better written like this and so that just started uh started making some adjustments and uh, there, there is there is nothing there is no take no prediction that is worth changing to that would that would match like the level of blowback you would get if people if you got caught right yeah nothing nothing no way there's not like a hundred of them combined right but no i mean in terms of in terms of speed I, i'm not I'm not going to lose my mind over two rounds. I, I just, I didn't love the things that I was, he, he, he sounded like somebody who was trying to convince himself that he wasn't wandering in the desert and it feels like he is a little bit, but who knows? I, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'll go down swinging with my prediction that it'll win three times in 2019. I, I just don't feel, I didn't feel great about the way he was talking this week. What's yeah. I mean, when you're when you're talking about having to to like motivate yourself, ha- if you're having to play motivation games, and that's you know, your lingering thought after missing the cut at the Sony Open, then uh, you're not in a great space. Yeah, and and part of that is like he's already in his head too much as it is, and and part of this is like the Rory deal, right? He's he's almost too self aware, he's almost too introspective, too smart, and it and it it's like the anti DJ It gets him in trouble a little bit. And so I, I appreciate it because he's a great quote and I think he's thoughtful and I think he's interesting, but I think it works against him a little bit on the golf course. So it wasn't a total no show from Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas finishes T 16. I think he shot four under today, I guess. Yeah. 69, 68, something like that. Um, so, where where do you think the inability to to go low and to chase uh, some of the players that were near near the top of the leaderboard? Where did JT fall short? Yeah, I looked at his numbers. He was uh, hold on, I've got him right here. He was strokes gained from Tita Green on the week. He was twelfth, so he was solid Tita Green. Uh, approach shots, he was six. He just struggled around the green and with the putter. So I I don't. I just don't even react to that. It's just so not worth it's it just changes from week to week. So he he's hitting the ball great. I thought it was interesting. He had two top 20 finishes. He finished 3rd at the Tournament of Champions, 16th at the, at the Sony, which sounds like a pretty solid couple of weeks, right? right. And he he still finished uh like 17 strokes away from winning both of those tournaments <laughs> combined. So 
It's uh, it's tough at the top, man. But he, I thought he, I thought he had a pretty, pretty good two week stretch. No, nothing about what he did in Hawaii changes the way that I feel about him right now. What about from the Sony Open in particular? Who who stood out to you, either good or bad? Uh, how about Davis Love the Third? Hey, when when you're out there and living the good life, those old bones can feel real young. He beat. Uh, so this is we were gonna do this later, but I'll just do it right now. One thing I loved about the event. Davis Love beat Bryson, JT, Reed, Spieth, Bubba, and Poulter, all people that played in the Ryder Cup where he was the vice captain, and four of whom he's 30 years older than. It's mm. unbelievable. I mean, he shot a 63 on Saturday. It's crazy. Crazy. And, it, and you know, it's, it's interesting because this is a course where uh, somebody like that can like he can do that he's not he's not taken a he, he, his game is is good enough to play a short course like that and i and i think that's great i wish that there were more short i don't know if if like wildlife is the prototype for what i want but i love the idea of of short courses kind of um making you hit the best golf shots and not necessarily seeing who's just the longest off the tee. Because normally how many stops on the PGA tour do you think you get where that is the case? Yeah, there's, there's like five. It's like here, it's like colonial, it's uh, RBC heritage. You know, these are like the seven. Is that Hilton head? Yeah. Hilton head. Yeah. Yeah. These are like the 7,000 yard courses. And again, like not, not all of them are elite courses, but like somewhere like Colonial, you gotta hit some, you gotta hit some irons, you gotta hit some golf shots, and it's not necess- it's not like bridge to, or it's not like Firestone. Driver just, wedge, driver wedge, driver yeah, wedge. I think that stinks, man. I do. I think it stinks, and it's and it look. Rory said this to me, and I agree. Distance and driving is a skill, and it is, but. I don't. That doesn't mean I. I necessarily have to want to see that in a ninety-yard wedge every hole. I think that's dumb. I and so yeah. And so I. I like. I like the. One of my takeaways. I like this course. You know, it's not. It's again. It's not the greatest course, but it's. It's kind of quirky and fun and good and. Uh, yeah, I, I. I. I enjoyed watching it. Um. All right. So let's see. <laughs> you call him Shea Reve. I know he's Reevy. <laughs> so, so, so from uh, from the house Reevy, pretty pretty strong performance. Yeah, did you see what he did on Friday with the holeouts? He holds out from 101, 129, I think, and 145. The fir- first time somebody said three eagles uh, in on on par fours in the same round in recorded PGA Tour history. Uh. It's crazy. He and what was it? He shot sixty six today. He sh- yeah, something like that. Yeah, he, he was kind. He was kind of in it, but not really. The, I that's that was one thing. Like the this 67. this tournament had a lot of uh, as as everyone's wrapping up. You're like, man, just really good week for him. Man, just really good week for him because they were uh, were in threesomes too. So you're kind of like just you're closing the book on a lot of rounds really really quickly. And all yeah. these guys are three strokes shy of Kuchar. Yeah, I know. I know. It, it, it is interesting. It's hard to because, win. Well, and, and you think about 
I mean, how much does it mean for somebody like Corey Connors to get a T3 here early in the year? Oh, huge. That's what that's what I'm always thinking about is these guys. You, you're kind of because I'm I'm sort of watching the winner at the end or the or the two or three guys that are in contention. But but the broadcast is showing the uh, Sung Kangs, the Sebastian Munozes, the Brian Stewards who are finishing up. And all I'm thinking about as they're finishing up is like, man, I bet I bet he feels so good about that week because he finished T8, he finished T7. He gets, uh, you know, that a week like that is such a, uh, it goes such a long way toward trying to get in the top 125 and retain your card. And so you and I focus on again the, the nine guys that matter, but I mean that's such a that's such a huge deal in the in just in the lives of those guys for for the future of their PGA Tour cards and and things like that. No doubt, and I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, anything else? Um. Primetime golf. What's your what's your opinion? In or out? Out. Because we're recording a podcast at eleven ten Eastern. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, yes, yes, but that's just sort of built into the general. Like when I'm, you know, I've the, when I'm negotiating uh, my golf coverage, especially in like the thick of the golf season, and it's come after. Uh, college football and college basketball the the sell of oh but it's only going to be during the day is all is a little bit nice right yeah that's fair like that's fair. It, it's always been like look just let me let me when the sun goes down you know we'll we'll turn in we'll wrap up the live blog we'll turn in whatever we need to turn in and then we can still go grab late dinner right yeah like yeah i'm i'm not a, i'm not at augusta i don't get the tap for that quite yet <laughs> So like there's a there've been a lot of April, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays that have been like baby just like 10 more minutes, okay? They're almost in. Brian Stewart's finishing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just need I just need this putt to go down. I'm hitting submit and we're good. So how how angry do you get when you've written written something as if the person makes the putt and then they miss it? Not as angry as I've been for having to write uh, like a pre-written thing and then pre-written thing for Auburn beats LSU, go down mm-hmm. to the field and LSU storms back and beats Auburn with a game-winning field goal. And you're like, well... There there needs to be... Here, here's, here's my... We can end on this. This is my media thought for 2019, my media opinion. There needs to be some sort of way some sort of area on the field at these games where you can bring your stuff because that it's so it's so crazy to have to leave your computer and everything up in the press box and i take it with me now do you yeah throw it in the book bag yeah that's probably the way to go but there's you still are like walking around trying to type with one i mean it's it's just it's it's not a great setup no it's a total shit show but like that's (laughs) that that was definitely the the play at the Orange Bowl. I was like, no, I'm I'm gonna pack up everything, and if I have to write like sitting on the floor outside of a locker room, then yeah, I guess that's what I'm gonna do. But there's just too much up and down movement. I needed to I needed to become more mobile. Yeah, for sure. This is this is the f- most first world of first world problems that nobody wants to hear about, but. <laughs> Hey. You you started by asking if I was down with primetime golf. Golf golf does a great job of eating up hours during the daytime. I think yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm cool leaving it there. 
I like the, I yeah I agree. I like the prime time every once in a while, just because like today I started my work day at you know three thirty or four or whatever, and I get to spend all day with the kids, and then at night when they're are I'm working like when they're in bed, and so it's it's a great setup. I don't know if my wife would agree, but it's a great setup for me. New True Detective to, came on, man. Your wife huh? was trying to watch something else. Oh, she yeah, she loves the murder mysteries. <laughs> She's if if make she probably is like helping produce season three of making a murder. She's she's all in. She's dialed in. She's actually yeah, she, doing the background research. Hey, as <laughs> as long as you get an associate producer credit, you can make money on that forever. That's called the retirement plan, baby. Let's go. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, uh, Sony Open was fun. We got uh, we got the no name tournament next week. The Desert Classic. Not, not the tournament that is the waste management. That is still existing in its normal time, right? Yeah, that's Super Bowl week. So okay. Desert Classic used to be the Humana, used to be the, I don't know, the, Bill Clinton was involved. It's been everything. It used to be the Bob Hope. That's what everybody calls it, Palm Springs. Uh, Phil, I, Phil will be there. Uh, should be fun. It, it won't, it'll be kind of like this feel, not you know, good, not great. Um, but then after that, we got Tory Pines, Tiger back. Get the live blog fingers ready. Yeah. Hold on. So are you going to be at the, uh, are you, are you going to be back for Saturday and Sunday of the farmers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you'll be in Orlando so, for Thursday, Friday. Yeah. I'll be at the PGA merchandise show that week and then come back Friday afternoon or something. All right. With uh, so. are you are you gonna have camera with you too? Yeah. Doing interviews, CBS Sports HQ through and through. Yeah, I think we got Jim Nance. Is that public? Can I say that publicly? Are we still on? Is we anybody are, listening? We, we we are still on, and <laughs> I don't think I don't think Jim Nance is listening. But uh, maybe maybe that's the uh, the real secret about the leaving the podcast going is that. Kyle just lets spoilers fly. <laughs> <laughs> I get yeah. Well, yeah. I got some. I got some other stuff. I'll tell you off air. Okay. okay. <clears throat> um. Anyway, Desert Classic coming up. Uh, we will be sure to be taking a look ahead again. Congratulations to Matt Kuchar because whether he did or did not tip three thousand dollars back last fall, I can say that that is a, a golfer who seems to have his game in a good place right now. True? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just he's Matt Kuchar's playing some good Matt Kuchar golf right now. And uh, and so I think that is going to be an exciting thing to follow as he, you know, he doesn't always necessarily count for a dozen that matter, but he's certainly one, a name and a character that uh, reverberates throughout, I think, a lot of the listening audience. So should be a yeah. lot of fun. And he could have, I mean, this could be a career year for him. The The best year he's ever had was probably 13. He won a WGC and the Memorial, and he won like 5.6 mil. And so he's, you know, he's already won twice. Uh, if he picks up another one, it's probably his, his the best year of his career. So uh, pretty cool to, to, you know, it's January 13th, and he's already got two wins on the season. Um, so he's got to be feeling good about what, what the rest of 2019 holds. Absolutely. He is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at KylePorterCBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip.